This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Uh, Special guest, Attorney Stephen Pigeon, He has fought in a federal state Supreme Court, ran for Attorney General, Washington State. He's the founder and president of the Sefer Publishing Company. Welcome back, Attorney Pigeon. Glad to be here, John. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, these are very precarious times, as you and I have discussed. Exciting times, dangerous times, times we're going to see a mighty, mighty move of God, I believe, like never before. You know, this uh, Kyle Rittenhouse Quittal. But before that, you know, the government, President Biden, most of the news media, they were literally framing him. Steve? Yeah, the Rittenhouse decision is a, a very significant decision because, of course, it does comport with the rule of law as the judge uh, rightfully supervised. I was quite impressed with the judge, actually. Uh, he did a great job at that trial. And, uh, of course, you know, one of the one of the difficulties of being at trial, and particularly for a capital crime, is that, you know, you're at trial for your life and everything that is that is before you in your life is sitting there on the on the decision of the 12. Right. Yes. Whether you will, will whether you will die and spend your whole life in a concrete room with metal bars or whether you will live a life of a free man, depending upon the decision of these 12 who sit impaneled as a jury, it really is quite, uh, it is the most stressful event in all American society, uh, save maybe getting the death penalty. But when you see that, and for uh, Kyle Rittenhouse to walk through that was quite significant. Now that, that particular event that took place was, uh, you know, violent destruction that was paid for, by the Democrats. Now, we know this because we had a whistleblower that we had discussed many things with uh, in Washington, D.C. in November of 2020. And this whistleblower had been privy to some 200 Zoom meetings that were taking place out of a group called, um, I think it was called Disrupt D.C. or Tear Down D.C. or something like this. Anyway, the the its origin was in Washington, D.C. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, were oftentimes participants in these Zoom meetings. They were scheduling and planning Antifa riots. They were deploying people that they knew would be arrested. And they had insiders, as many as 165 people, participating in these meetings from inside the executive branch of Donald Trump's government. Wow. During this time. 
And this fellow had recorded every single one of those meetings and had presented it, uh, as had all the other whistleblowers, presented their information to uh, federal courts, you know, U.S. district courts. And some of that whistleblowing information was very critical. I mean, for instance, uh, Tory had put together an affidavit that was extremely powerful because she was part of the National Security Agency that had developed you know, Scorecard and Hammer, which were the two software programs used for uh, rigging elections. And elections were rigged in Colombia and they were rigged in Ukraine and they were rigged elsewhere using this scorecard, this Hammer system or uh, the the software programs that were used to, you know, transfer the vote. And she gave a very extensive, long uh, deposition and affidavit that was filed in the federal court in Pennsylvania detailing about how the election in uh, from after 2016 every election after 2016 was unlawful because under hava the help america vote act you have to have all the machines that used for counting votes they have to be certified by an independent agency and there were only two of those agencies certified by the u.s government to certify the machines and both of those agencies had lost their certification in 2017 and never re-upped it so you couldn't possibly have a lawful election in any of the 50 states under HABA after 2017. That's just the facts of the matter. And, of course, every secretary of state in the country knew that and nonetheless certified the vote. So, And we had another whistleblower who uh, talked about what they had done during the Obama administration. He was the number two man under the National Security Agency working out of the White House. And uh, they had, uh, he had come public again with an affidavit in the U.S. federal court uh, demonstrating that what was taking place during the Obama administration was not to hack your computer, but to hack you personally. And so what they would do is, is they had a methodology, they had an algorithm they ran on your social media to determine your opinions. And then they would feed material, false information into your newsfeed uh, to exacerbate your views and uh, so they were able to really delineate and to push people into isolated corners of beliefs and and extremism by feeding them false information and uh, this went on um, you know this went on during the, the almost the entirety of the Obama administration hacking you personally and again these were all whistleblowers that had come forward but yeah what we see is when you talk about the Rittenhouse uh, decision For the first time, we've had a judge actually stand up and say, look, you know, I'm not taking a commission from uh, the pharmaceutical companies. I'm going to make a decision here predicated upon what the law is. And he gave very serious jury instructions. And, of course, the prosecutor was engaged in prosecutorial misconduct. Now, let's talk about this for just a second. This is a very important concept. Please. You know, prosecutors enjoy absolute immunity for the most part. Now, when we talk about absolute immunity, now this, as far as I'm concerned, is absolutely reprehensible in a free system that all these government officials have granted themselves immunity. Instead, they should have fiduciary duty imposed upon them. If you take a position as uh, some kind of an elected official, that's a fiduciary post and you're called to excellence. And if you don't do it, you should be removed from office and sued for your failure. But instead, they say, oh, no, I'm immune from suit. 
I have absolute immunity. I have quasi-immunity. I have judicial immunity. I have this kind of immunity. I've got 11th Amendment immunity. I'm immune, 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 immune. And since they've granted themselves immunity, look what they've done with their immunity. It's the same thing they've done with the pharmaceutical industries. The pharmaceutical industry is immune from suit, from, from being sued for whatever they place inside an inoculation. So they can put anything in there. They can put ingredients in there that will cause you to be dependent upon their pharmaceuticals for life, and you cannot sue them because they've been granted immunity, like everyone else in this corrupt country has been granted immunity. Well, this prosecutor engaged in one of the behaviors that you cannot engage in as a prosecutor is the withholding of exculpatory evidence. Now, nobody wants to admit this, but the average prosecutor wants to have a win record. He wants to win every case by getting a conviction. He doesn't really care whether or not the person is guilty or innocent. If they've been charged, he's going to convict. Now, this is an abortion and an abomination to prosecutorial discretion. Prosecutors have discretion and they are supposed to exercise that discretion such that when they know an individual who has been charged is not guilty of the offense, or if they have an affirmative defense that also renders them not guilty, such as self-defense, they have a guilty to they have a they have a duty to not charge. Instead, this prosecutor not only charged, but he provided the defense with a redacted video of from the complete video that was in his possession. That's withholding exculpatory evidence. That makes him a Brady violator. And he put, he put uh, witnesses on the stand who he knew were going to perjure themselves. That's suborning perjury. But, the, but nobody can hold these prosecutors to account, and nobody will hold these prosecutors to account, who suborn perjury, who engage in perjury themselves, who manipulate the facts, who withhold exculpatory evidence until an innocent person goes to prison. And when they get the conviction, the judge looks at it and says, well, you're convicted. The jury said, yeah, you're guilty. I'm going to give you the sentence, right? Whatever the mandatory sentencing requirements guidelines require me to do. So Kyle Rittenhouse, you get 24 years in prison on three counts or on five counts, right? So that's 120, you know, 120 years in prison. Could That could have been the possibility. But now, when you have a prosecutor who is engaged in Brady violations, first of all, there needs to be an investigation into that prosecutor to find out if he did, in fact, withhold exculpatory evidence. If he did, he needs to be removed from having any ability to prosecute a case ever in the future, ever again. He needs to be removed from the prosecutor's office, and he should be labeled as a Brady violator. It's a very important aspect of the criminal justice system. That prosecutorial discretion must be supervised, must be shepherdized by the court system. You cannot allow a prosecutor who gets lazy and who all, all they want is a win record to be the pre, pre, uh, prevailing uh, modus operandi of the prosecutor's office in that district. You can't have it. It can't be so. And so that's my opinion on the Rittenhouse decision. And of course, Joe Biden and the Democrats, I mean, look. Let's just talk about the Democrats for just a second, John. Remember who the Democrats are. Yeah, totally. The Democrats are the ones who argue that slavery was to be retained in the Constitution. 
The Democrats are the ones who demanded that African-Americans be described as three-fifths human in the Constitution. The Democrats are the ones who went to war to retain slavery in this country in the 1860s. After the Civil War was lost, the Democrats obtained control over the United States Supreme Court and imposed segregation in the case of Plessy versus Ferguson. The Democrats opposed integration that came in in 1954, Brown versus Board of Education. And in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the Senate of the United States, 100 percent of the Democrats voted in opposition to the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Democrat Lyndon Baines Johnson imposed the war on poverty, which was a war on the African-American and the black family in America in order to enslave them and to destroy the family. And they have succeeded in doing so. Now, when you have 80 percent of the abortions in this country come from black women and you and you have uh, the divorce rate and the single parent uh, household among that community is above 70 percent. So they were very successful with their war on poverty. They claim to be that. How did Joe Biden put it? If you ain't voting for me, then you ain't black. This racist segregationist is now imposing a doctrine of racism to be taught in the public school system called the critical race theory, which teaches that, guess what? African-Americans are not quite fully human. They're only three-fifths human. Therefore, they have to be protected as a protected class and, and segregated and segregated. Now, is this a surprise to anybody, given the fact that Hillary Clinton's mentor, was Senator Robert Byrd, the longest, oldest senator in the Senate for years, who was a grand wizard of the KKK. This is who the Dem okay, so we know this is who the Democrats are. And the Democrat and, and furthermore, you take a bunch of union communist school teachers who have completely divorced themselves from the curriculum that they have been uh, hired to teach in school and instead have taught radical Marxism and social activism who are now teaching depravity. We know that these people were, were, were uh, then, you know, yeah, um, enticed by special agents of the FBI to engage in terrorist activities in cities like Portland and other places under the guise of Antifa, always a movement indirectly funded by the Democrats as these Zoom meetings demonstrated, who were orchestrating open acts of terrorism in American cities and then refusing, absolutely refusing to prosecute them while they terrorize and engage in crimes against humanity against those people who were invited into the Capitol building on January 6th. And then try to flat out put the blame on Donald Trump. Well, I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and apologize for Donald Trump. Donald Trump invited all these people to Washington, D.C., exacerbated them and inflamed them in his speech, then left. And then when the FBI and their agents, their paid informants, their confidential informants and their people working for them enticed people to enter into the Capitol at an invitation of the Capitol Police, he turned his back on them and said, well, I never told you to do that. Yeah, he turned his back on America. Now, a lot of Republicans don't want to hear that because they want to believe in Donald Trump. But Donald Trump is responsible for Operation Warp Speed. Read his emergency orders. He's the one that empowered Anthony Fauci. He's the one that gave Fauci his pulpit. The lockdowns happened under his watch. 
The flat and the curve happened under his watch. And billions were transferred to the pharmaceutical industry at his command to develop what is now a horrific Holocaust and a horrific genocide against the people all over the world. So don't count on me to be an apologist for DJT. Well, I understand. Although if, I, if I'm warning the alarm, sounding the alarm, which we are doing, um, at the same time, people get upset to try to uh, defend the United States as far as getting involved and trying to uh, put the right people into office. And we say we're going to meet somewhere. Uh, still, there's no uh, excuse for uh, the Democrats then to take advantage of the situation and, and try to frame me some, from some type of anarchy that is going on at the time in that city. Yeah, it was absolutely absurd. But the more important part is what they're doing to those January 6th defendants. They're torturing them. They're in violation of the Hague standards. They're in violation of the Geneva standards. They are engaged in practices that are crimes against humanity. And there is no one, no one, once again, there is no one in all the money that we spend to have a Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Central Intelligence Agency, the NSA and the DOD, Department of Intelligence, and all of the National Security Agency, Homeland Security, all the money that goes into all of these intelligence agencies who are supposed to be doing law enforcement, not one of them, not one person at any level has lifted a finger to call on those Democrats to provide minimum human standards for the January 6th defendants. Not one person. Yeah, there's there's definitely, um, let's say, treason. I believe there's treason. There's corruption. Uh, there There's people that are involved in the destruction of the United States on both sides of the aisle. I'm talking about uh, our form of government, our way of government, freedom, liberty, uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. So what do you think about this? Powerful Democrat demands federal intervention over Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal, a dangerous precedent. And they're going into uh, Jerry Nadler demanding, <laughs> demanding a federal review of the Kyle Rittenhouse yeah, trial. Yeah, Nadler. You know, Nether is one of these guys, you know, he's morbidly obese, right? And he was one of these guys that on film, uh, you know, in, in the in the Capitol building, you know, did like Joe Biden and soiled himself and had to excuse himself out of the out of the office. My goodness. You know, I just don't understand these people where they find these people. But you know, Nadler, you know, again, you have Democrats who do not believe one iota in the United States Constitution. They are, in their minds, operating a communist dictatorship under Mao, German Mao's Little Red Book. And this Constitution and constitutional courts and people standing up for the Constitution, those are uh, you know, useless eaters in the way of progress of them asserting their communist totalitarian dictatorship. These people who keep talking about the Constitution, who are these people? Tell them to shut their face. Now, you know, there is such a thing called double jeopardy. Oh, well, we could jack him up on federal charges. Yeah, that's a game that's played quite often. We'll jack him up on federal charges. But the fact is, is that the, and, and this is, you know, again, we had a, a standard in the Constitution that says no but double jeopardy, and the federal government has worked their way right around that. Well, the double jeopardy really doesn't mean double jeopardy. 
you know, search warrant required. Well, that doesn't really mean a search warrant's required. You have a right to free speech. Well, that doesn't mean you have a right to free speech. Gee, I don't have to, you can't get my documents to testify against me. Well, that doesn't mean we can't raid your emails and your text messages and all of that stuff. That's not a document. That's not in writing that the, that the founders believed in, you know, that had to be on paper, set out with a pen. That stuff that you're doing on your computer, that's not a writing in our opinion. We can access it all day long and we can do it without a warrant. And we can lie and cheat. You can't lie and cheat. But we have set ourselves up under the constitutional rubric to be able to lie and cheat. But if you lie to us, you go to prison. But we can lie to you all day long. And if we get caught lying and for falsifying evidence and withholding exculpatory evidence and suborning perjury, well, guess what? Sorry, we're immune. And if we get caught destroying your constitution and trampling your rights and doing anything else to impose our communist opinion, sorry, we're immune. We're Im- did, did I mention something? We're immune. Yeah, Clinton understands that, both Bill and Hillary. Obama understands that. Uh, uh, you, get his, you get his communist uh, uh, man that was over the CIA, John Brennan, he understands, they understand they're immune because they understand, again, the corruption that's taking place right now in the United States. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it is so corrupted, Dr. Hansen, that, you know, if you were a doctor looking at the body, there is not a single cell that is not infected with cancer. Okay. It's not like there's one bad apple in, in the bushel. There was one bad apple in the bushel a long time ago. And now the entire bushel is rotten. It's rotten to the point that we have lifted up as our exalted leader, a guy who has advanced dementia, his own doctors say he's at least 50% cognitively impaired. He is a guy who defecates on himself in front of the Pope. He is a guy who cannot control his bowels in public, and he can't finish a sentence. And this is the guy who is leading our nation into complete destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, again, my special guest, attorney Stephen Pigeon, fought both in the federal state Supreme Court, ran for attorney general, Washington State. He's the founder and director, president of the Sefer Publishing Company. May God richly bless you. Listen now to The Science of Judgment. You need to get that book. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings, 
versus evil kings. Example of King Jehoshaphat. Ungodly alliances. God is predictable. God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.